Hello, hello. This is Heidi, and this is the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. I am your host. I almost just got this like weird urge to say hostess of the mostest, which is so bizarre because I don't say that type of thing. But anyway, now I just did. Anyway, um, we'll just keep going, and I'm not going to do another take of this. Okay. You guys, I just wrapped up a really, really cool interview. It was um, a little bit different than some of our usual interviews because it was a combination of a interview and a little bit of a coaching session. Now, I do do strategy sessions with my freelance accelerator students. However, my conversation today is with Michelle Arubla. She is not one of my students, but her story, um, she actually has seen tremendous success from my free resources on freelancing and fashion. And she had emailed me a couple times just to tell me parts of her story. And they were so interesting and so inspiring and so relatable that I had to bring her on the show. So you know from the title of the episode that she got herself into a permalancing situation. you're not familiar what that is we'll talk about it in the show Um, but basically it's like you're working full-time but you're getting paid as a freelancer you're not you're just getting paid hourly and you're not getting benefits or any of the benefits that the perks that come to being a full-time employee um but beside that she's really young she's well she's 22 at the time of interview um and she went from a hundred dollars a month to three thousand dollars a month freelancing at first she was true freelancing and, she sh- and it was all from using my free resources, which I was like, your story's so cool. So we talked about this at the beginning of the interview, so I won't try to reiterate too much. Um, but we talk more strategically about how she kind of got herself into this permalancer situation, um, how she felt about it, and some specific strategies for how she could get her way out ideally um, retaining this company as a client so she she wanted to be very sensitive about you know relationships and not um leaving them in a bad position and so we really talk through strategically how she can do this in a very smart and professional way that the brand feels really good and that she's also being really clear and honest about her boundaries and what she wants in her career and what she doesn't want in her career and she doesn't want a permanent job so I do some fun riffing on like how she, what she could exactly say to the owner and she felt it was a pretty powerful conversation um, of, you know, some ideas that I gave her on how she could exactly approach the, the discussion that she's going to have. So whether you are young and looking to freelance or any agent looking to freelance or you feel like you've gotten yourself into a permalance position and you want to get out... Um, or maybe you're not sure and you're like, oh gosh, after I listen to this, I am in a permanent position. This is a great episode for anybody to listen to, no matter where you are. Um, so thanks for listening and I hope you're having a wonderful day, whatever it is you're doing. I'm sitting in my office recording and I'm just about to go out and pick up Errol, my 16 month old son from daycare. And, uh, yeah, that's what's going on here in lovely, in the lovely mountains of Colorado where we live. So let's see. If you want access to all my free resources, 
for freelancing specifically, head on over to soheidi.com slash freelance, S-E-W-H-E-I-D-I.com slash freelance. We've linked it up in the show notes. Um, I'm trying to be more organic with these intros because I'm like, I want to just feel like I'm talking to a real person. I don't want to do these like scripted intros. So sometimes that's why I'm like, okay, and then what else? So, um, and then beyond that, uh, now I mentioned Michelle is not in our freelance accelerator program. It's our freelance accelerator from surviving to thriving. We call it fast. She's not in our fast program. Um, and she's been able to see great results from our free content, which you can get at sohidi.com slash freelance. Um, for some people that works great for some people, they want more step-by-step and all the things. And that's what we offer inside of freelance accelerator. Get yourself on the email list by heading over to sohidi.com slash freelance, because that is the best way to find out about our fast program. It only opens a handful of times a year. And I'd love to share the details with you. Beyond that, we share tons of other free content on the email list. Um, I'm also on Instagram, so you can check me out there and say hi. And uh, yeah, if you like the podcast, do me a solid and leave us a write-up or review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Uh, It really does mean a lot and it helps the podcast. So that being said, let's jump into my conversation with Michelle. You guys are going to love this. Here we go. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. All right. Hi, Michelle. Uh, Welcome to the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. Um, I know like tiny, tiny bits of your story from like a couple messages that you've sent over email and that's it. So I'm really excited to hear more. And why don't you start by introducing yourself and letting everyone know who you are and what you do in fashion? Okay. Hi. Um, My name is Michelle. I'm 22 years old. Uh, currently, I am free, a freelance technical design assistant in children's clothing. Okay. All right. Oh. oh. Did you have someone something else to say? <laughs> <laughs> um, should I talk, like, should I say, yeah, say um, like, my whole story? or? Um, no, we'll just start with that. I think that's a good start. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay, so we'll get to your whole story, but I want to start about with the first email that you sent me, which was, I don't know how long ago, like, I'm going to say, like, maybe two or three months, maybe longer, recent-ish, and you were like, oh my gosh, Heidi, I am, like, 21, you must have just had a birthday, I thought you said you were 21, maybe you were 22 back then, too. Yeah, birthday. Birthday, happy birthday. Um, You're now one year past drinking age, and there's not much to celebrate at 22, (laughs) other than getting older. Um, Okay, you sent this email, and you were like, I'm 21, and I've been using your free resources on freelancing and fashion, and I've gone from making $100 a month to making like $3,000 a month, right? It was about that. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, what the what? Who is this girl? I need to talk to her. <laughs> like, what an amazing story. And so Tara reached out to you and chatted and you like told us a little bit more about your story. And I was like, let's get her on the podcast like yesterday. And then you kind of like you, you politely declined to Tara. Um, and I was like, what happened? And then you sent me another email and that's partially why we're chatting, but, um, we'll get to that other email and why you were like, I don't know if I should do the podcast, but first, (laughs) so, so cliffhanger for everybody listening, we'll get to that. But first, why don't you talk a little bit about like, you're young, you're obviously like crazy ambitious, which is so cool. 
Um, but what's your backstory to like, I'm 21 and all of a sudden making three grand freelancing in fashion and like, who are you? Where'd you come from? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, so I've been studying fashion, uh, all of high school and continued in college at FIT for two years. I got my associates in fashion design Okay. and then, um, I really didn't like it at all. I honestly, I think borderline hated it. Um, so I felt really lost and I took like a year off doing something else, like working with dogs (laughs) until, um, oh, well before that I interned at a really cool company doing, um, being a seamstress slash technical design assistant, um, for spacesuits. Oh, um, it was so random, but it was really cool. I was really into it. Um, But yeah, after that, I took the year off to kind of, I guess, figure out what I wanted. And then after that, the start of the pandemic, um, that's when I found your website. And I started reading into freelancing, looking into it, looking at all your resources. And that's when I decided that I think freelancing is the way to go for me. Um, So I just started kind of building my portfolio. just, um, I started selling on Fiverr actually. Oh, um, this was before you mentioned, uh, everything about not doing Fiverr. Yeah. Um, I don't love it. I mean, some <laughs> people see success there. It depends on what you're looking for, but yeah, I don't really yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so I started on there selling flats and repeats. It went okay. I didn't really make that much. Um, that's when I was making about a hundred. A hundred. Okay. I yeah. Had a feeling. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I did that for a few months up until October where I decided I kind of wanted to go further. I was listening to your podcast. I was like really, really inspired by you. So I decided to just take the leap and look for um, brands that I want to work for and cold email them. Mm -hmm. So I did. And I emailed one brand. I'm not going to say their name. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is the brand that I'm currently working for. And, um, they emailed, they responded to me really fast. Like the next day they called me, they're like, thank you for your email. Um, we're super interested. Do you think you could, um, do this like test interview where I had to make a tech pack for them, um, using their resources. So I did. And then I got the job and I was working for them about three times, sorry, three times a week. Um, Doing freelance projects, tech packs, CADs, um, is this all of that. Low, so you're in, New, you're in New York? Yeah. And are they, were they in New York? Yes. Okay. Were, were you doing this? Any of this? Well, I guess it's a pandemic, uh, so probably it wasn't in person, right? No, it was um, from home. It was all remote. Okay, gotcha. Keep going. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was going really well. I was just helping with tech packs. I could make my own schedule. It was really cool. I did that for about up until February. So from November to February. And then after that, the technical designer there quit like suddenly. And it was, I was just left kind of picking up her work and they asked me to fill in temporarily. Um, I would still be freelancing and I would still be making my own schedule, but to kind of, you know, be on my own and kind of fill in as the technical designer, which was a lot considering um, I don't have that much or I didn't have that much experience. 
Um, so it was very intimidating, but I decided to do it anyways and try. And it was going well. I was making my own schedule. I was learning a bunch of things. I was helping out as much as I could. That made me really happy how much I was helping them. I was earning an insane amount because I just kept taking on projects. Were you Um, charging hourly or? I was. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I was charging $25 an hour and so that continued on up until April or May when I realized they weren't trying to look for another technical designer Mm. to replace that last one and I was putting in at this point I was putting in a lot of hours of my week um I didn't really have that much free time I was okay with it because I was happy I was learning um but now (laughs) it got to a point where it's too much and it's not what I signed up for Mm -hmm. and um I'm still getting paid the 25 an hour um, and I am in, like, I'm the only one in full contact with all the factories, the overseas factories. Um, I have all the responsibilities of a technical designer. I am expected to work every day, nine to five. Um, and yeah, that's when I realized <laughs> that's when I, um, I withdrew the first time that you asked me to be on the podcast, I withdrew my acceptance um, (laughs) because um, I was really confused because I didn't want to feel like I was lying to anyone. Um, And I started, that's when I really started to think about like, maybe I'm permalancing right now. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Maybe I'm being a little bit taken advantage of. (laughs) And then, you know, as time goes by, I started to really realize, I was like, okay, this is too much now. Um, I'm being micromanaged a lot. I'm always on call. Like, it's too much. This is like a full-time job. You're a full-time job. You're, you're a full-time employee, but you're not getting benefits. Yeah. 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 Not at all. Yeah. So that's when I reached out to you because and- I just, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, no, I just felt really lost and I just had no idea what to do next, how to get myself out of the situation without being rude or potentially losing them as a client in the future. Um, so yeah, (laughs) I'm kind of stuck on that at the moment. Yeah. So that was when you sent me the email and I have it open right now, the subject line, which I was like, oh my gosh, she's back. I have to open this right, like open it instantly. (laughs) It says, just realized I'm permalancing and I hate it. How do I quit? (laughs) Um, I instantly was like, oh, that's what happened to, that's why she had to decline her acceptance of the podcast interview. So, and I appreciate (laughs) that you, you being really transparent about that. Um, so a couple things I want to talk about first. So I want to go back to, to like, what you said you hated FIT or you hated your schooling experience or something. Did tell me a little more about that. Yeah. Um, so I think what it was is the sorry. Um so the reason I didn't like it is because I realized that in order to get a good grade, um you have to kind of follow this certain, I guess, aesthetic. And my 
design skills, I guess, were very different than everyone else's. And I would think that that would be accepted there. But yeah. um, it, it wasn't really. I think everyone was very biased. And I feel like there was, it was also, it felt very superficial. And it was, I don't know. I, I found it to be a pretty negative experience for me. Mm. Um, it just wasn't my the community that I thought it would be. Mm, okay. um, but yeah, also I didn't really learn too much about how to survive in the industry. <laughs> I think that was the biggest thing for me because I learned, I had one class where I learned how to use PLM and I only ever created one tech pack. Oh, and then well, after yeah. that, I had no idea what tech packs even were. Cause um, my, the teacher that I had, she, didn't really know how to use the program so we were kind of just reading a manual together um okay (laughs) and you're paying like a big sum of money for this yes yeah Yeah. the reason I was able to get the job I had now is because I took your tech pack course okay Um, and that (laughs) changed my life um but school definitely didn't help in that way Okay. So, and I wanted to, I know we like, you told your whole story, then we got to the part about the permalancing, which we're going to get into all that, but I wanted to go, I kind of wanted to like, let's start at the very beginning. So I had a few questions throughout the process. And I wanted to start with that because, um, before we forgot about it. And a lot of people are, are thinking like, should I go to fashion school? Should I not go to fashion school? And listen, some people have great experience and some people don't, and it can depend on where you go. It can depend on the teachers you get, and it can just depend on other variables. Um, so I was just curious what your personal experience was. Um, so that could be informative for other people listening. Um, but you figured it out anyways, you took advantage of other resources that were available. Um, and you got your foot in the door. So you're like sending out these cold pitches and you get this client and you're like, Oh my gosh, they start giving you a ton of work. Like, how are you feeling at that point? Super excited, but yeah. also super nervous and intimidated because I've never had a client that big. Okay. And it was like, was it literally your first freelance client too? Um, no. Okay. I, I had one other one, that, but, but it was, was much, much smaller. Okay. Okay. So like talk a little bit, cause I, a lot of people go through this, this type of emotion at the beginning, um, with their first client, whether it's big or small, but like, especially if it's big, like that can feel like a lot of pressure. So like, how did you manage that? Or how did you work through that? Or like, what was some of your thought process during that? Um, well, I kind of just faked my confidence the (laughs) entire time. I think that helps a lot because, um, whenever it's like fake it till you make it type of thing. Um, but I definitely, I, it was, it was hard. I was very anxious. I was super, I, I was doubting myself a lot. Like Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't do what they asked me to. Mm -hmm. Um, but I kind of had to push through those emotions and start thinking positively, like, you know, this is a challenge, but you can do it. You mm-hmm. can learn how to do it. Whatever you don't know, you'll always find an answer. You could ask questions. Um, so whenever I felt unsure about something, I would ask questions, and that would help me a lot. And um, I think just, like, pushing through it and doing it anyways, even though you feel like you can't do it, mm-hmm. really makes a difference. Yeah. How did it 
feel to ask questions because I think that's definitely something people can feel a little nervous about because they're like, oh God, if I ask a question, they're going to think I don't know what I'm doing. But I, that's not always necessarily the case. So how were your questions received? Um, I, I completely agree because I felt the exact same way. Um, my questions, I mean, they didn't really say anything. If anything, they were happy that I was asking questions because yes. then I would make less mistakes. Yes. Um, they're like, please, please, please ask me questions. Yes. Because um, a lot of, like you said, a lot of freelancers don't ask questions. And I think that's where a lot of the mistakes come in, unfortunately. For sure. For sure. So you're nervous about it, but then you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to ask questions. And it actually turned out to be probably a win-win for everybody. Yeah, definitely. For sure. sure. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. So you go from feeling like you're really excited. Holy cow. You get this big client. You're like, oh God, am I good enough? Can I do it? But you push through, which is really just what you kind of have to do to do this. Um, And it can be whether you get your first freelance client or maybe you even get like your first free time, first full-time job. Um... So like then, when was the exact moment you realized that you were permalancing? Um, And so for everybody listening, I talk a lot about permalancing. It's basically like you're working full-time, you're required to like be available full-time, you're maybe going into an office five days a week, you know, COVID aside. Um, And you're basically treated like and you're acting like a full-time employee, but you're not getting any benefits. You don't have health insurance, you don't have time off. And is quite abusive, and um, depending on how you do- toss it, can actually technically be illegal. But it's something that a lot of companies get away with, especially in fashion, because it's so competitive, and a lot of people don't know any better. And there's a lot of people lined up, and they're willing to do this type of work. I have a personal stance to try to get rid of this type of work. Um, so I, I wish one to explain like what permalancing really kind of looks and feels like. But in your experience, when was that moment? Like, do you remember the exact moment when you were like? oh God, this isn't permalancing or this isn't freelancing. I'm permalancing. And like, what did that feel like? Yeah. Um, so it was about, well, I kind of was thinking about it, but I really, really realized it, um, the end of May. Okay. Um, cause I would send emails and I would get phone calls of the owner being really upset with me that I sent an email and that, um, she, tell me to um, get approval before sending an email. And it kind of got to a point where I was so stressed, so anxious, and I had so much work that I kind of broke down. And I was like, this is not what I wanted. This isn't isn't what I signed up for. Um, So after that moment is when I realized, I was like, okay, I need to get myself out of the situation. This is a little bit too much. This isn't freelancing at all. Yeah. When originally I love the idea of freelancing, but it'd be different if they offered me a full-time job and, um, asked me to sign something. I don't know if I would have accepted it, but at least that's better than expecting it without offering anything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cause they're getting a huge leg up right now. They're not having to pay taxes for you. They're not playing, paying insurance, all the things, all the things, all the benefits, paid time off, sick leave, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. so they're really winning in these situations, which is one, one of many reasons why I, I just don't advocate the type of work. Um, okay. So 
you realize it and you're like, I got to get out of this. And then you email me and I was like, come on the podcast. Let's talk about it. Because (laughs) I think there's a lot of people in this situation or who could get, it like slowly, slowly turns into this situation. And then you're like, wake up one day and you're like, wait, what just happened? Which is like kind of what happened with you. Um, Yeah. So where, like, literally, where are you at today? It's it's Thursday, June 24th. We're recording this. Like, are you still working with them in this, like, crazy full-time schedule? Or, like, what are you doing right now? I am. You are. Okay. Mostly, yeah, mostly because I it's a bad time for me to leave because I don't want to screw anyone over. Okay. Tell me about that feeling. I don't want to screw anyone over. Um, well, I know that... I, my job is very important because it's a very, very, very small team. There's four of us in total. Okay. I'm one of them. Okay. Um, Are the other people all employees, like full-time getting? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Salary employees. Okay. Um, I, since I'm in charge of all the tech packs, communicating with all the factories, right now we're in the beginning of kind of like the next season's collection is designed. So I have to create all of the tech packs and get all of that out there. And so if I leave now, um, there would be a lot of work that no one would be able to really finish. Um, because I am the only technical designer there. Um, so I just, maybe I'm a people pleaser, but I feel (laughs) so bad. So I'm waiting until it's a good time where I kind of have a break. You know, tech packs are out there. Samples are being made. It's a good time for me to leave without anyone being stuck with work that they can't finish. Well, what about when that other technical designer left and your role kind of transitioned from like true freelance, like getting to do the work whenever you needed and or whenever you wanted? And, you know, like – and so I I don't want to like say – oh, you know, we'll just pick up and leave tomorrow. Like there's certain etiquette and, and there's a balance we can strike with your exit. Um, but like that person just left and then the workload dumped under your lap. And then there's another, there's plenty of other technical designers out there near New York. So I'm just playing a little bit of devil's advocate here with you to just push back and just say, well, like what about that other person? Or people quit all the time and, you know, yeah, maybe it's not a good time. So maybe give them three weeks notice or, and maybe it's not even give them notice. Like, and we can talk about this, you know, maybe it's more of like a discussion of like you approaching, you know, like, uh, you know, here's where we started. Here's where we're at. Here's where we need to get back to and you setting some boundaries and we can talk specifically into that. But like, um, I mean, yeah, you're a people pleaser, but also like, you're not sounding like you're super happy in this job either. So people pleaser, you got to please yourself too. You should actually be number one. You are number one. In life, you are the only person that you have complete control over, so you really have to take care of yourself. So I'm just throwing some different things at you to think about. You know, what about this other person that left? I mean, they yeah. left. And I don't know on what terms they left, but... So you don't, you don't have to respond right in real time, but just think about some of that stuff, right? Um... So, like, what do you, what would be your ideal arrangement with this client? And that could be leaving and never working for them again. That could be going back to, you know, three days a week or whatever. Like, what would be ideal for you with them specifically? Um, I mean, not working with them. Oh. Um, 
could be ideal, but also okay. <laughs> um, there are small projects. I think, honestly, truly, I, I'm thinking about stepping away from technical design. Oh. Um, at least for now. Um, maybe this experience was too much for me, but yeah. um, I think ideally I would help them with other things that I did, um, like graphic design, editing photo shoot images, um, CADs even, I guess more creative things of that sort. Okay. Um, and not as like no long-term projects. Um, okay. You want nothing- it like to start and finish within a short period. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And th- those are some projects you had been doing with them before their technical designer left. Is that right? Um, the I did some CADs, but okay. it I did more after she left. Oh, okay. Okay. So I think it sounds like you, you feel pretty clear on what you do want to do with them and maybe also what you do want to do with future clients. So let's bundle that up into CAD. So CADs and then adding photo shoot images. And then um, what was the other thing? It was something with like graphics, brochures? No. Um, yeah, it was um, some graphic design jobs, like doing the labeling art, like the text and all the um, logos and the placements. Yeah, and the all trends that. and stuff. Yeah. And. Okay. Yeah, I I did a lot of things okay. for them. Because I'm kind of trying to think like, and now since you're already working with them, and I think you could easily pivot your project with them to down to exactly what you want to do, um, then that would work for them. But I think like to go forward, like pitching to other brands and finding other work, we'd want to make sure that you're your package of skills like makes sense together. Cause when you say like CADs and then editing photo shoot images and then graphics, it kind of gets like a really disjointed offer. It feels really random. Um, and I know, you know, from content of mine that you followed and, and the book you've read and the podcast and episodes you've listened to, like we want to be clear and focused and niche on what our offer is. Um, so there might need to be a little bit of refining there. But that's maybe a topic for another day. Let's talk about how do we how do we get you to where you want to be with this client? Um, so what are some ways that you do you think you could approach the situation? I'm gonna like spin it back on you and I'm gonna push you really hard <laughs> to try to like come up with the answers. I have a million ideas and I could tell you right now what to do. But I wanna really push you to like think about this. Or what have you already thought of? Um, well, I know a lot of people in my life have told me to simply just talk to the owner. Okay. I think, um, just talking about it could make a really big difference. Yeah. Um, but other than that, (laughs) not, nothing really. So what, uh, first of all, how do you feel about that idea? Um, the talking, talking yeah, talking to to the owner. Um, I feel, I feel like it's a good idea. I'm just worried that I'll say the wrong thing or I won't be clear enough that they'll think I am meaning one thing when I actually mean another. (laughs) Okay. Um, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. And I can see that for sure. 
Um, so yeah, it's definitely, you got to have a conversation. It's not an email. Um, it's a phone or a zoom call ideally, or I don't know if you guys are seeing each other in person now as the pandemic has, you know, things are opening up, et cetera. Um, so ideally in person, if that's an option, if not, definitely phone or zoom. Um, and then I think it's just about getting like really, really clear with yourself first and writing it down so you have some notes. And even if you do this in person, it is absolutely acceptable for you to like have a notebook and like just some bullet points of like, and then just mention at the beginning of the conversation, you know, I want to talk to you about some things. I have some notes here that I want to reference because I want to make sure I'm really clear and I want to make sure that I don't forget anything. And so that's absolutely acceptable. Um, but I think first you have to get really clear with like what you want your arrangement to be with them. Um, and you have to, it's going to be, you know, strategic on how you present that. So, and and I can talk about a little bit about like exactly what that would look like, but, um, what, so you said you would want to do CADs and then some of the graphic work, like the labels and the hang tags and specking the placement for that and maybe doing like the mock-ups or what have you. Um, and then editing photo shoot images. So be- besides the workload, um, I think you also, just because you've gotten into this situation where you're like on call and you're like a really intense full-time employee position, you need to just be clear about sort of where you started and where the relationship began and what you liked about that and how it was working and where you've gotten now and like you know, thank you so much for, um, allowing me the opportunity. Like we really need to present it that like, they've done a great thing for you, but that it's just not really what you want. So like, you know, it's been so much fun working with you guys and I've been really thinking about our relationship together. And so I wanted to bring some things up with you. I've got some notes here, um, to make sure that I don't forget any points and I want to make sure I'm really clear. Um, so I'll be referencing those a little bit. And I'm just kind of riffing here off the top of my head, like if I was having this conversation. Um, so, you know, I started out with you guys back in October, whenever it was. And, you know, we were, I don't know if you how well you recall, but we were doing about three days a week. And I was doing this task and this task and this task and task that was working well, really well for me. And, and my goal in the fashion industry has always been to be a freelancer and to have independence and to work with multiple brands. Um, and to create my own schedule and have some flexibility. And I realized when so-and-so quit, there was an opportunity and you guys needed some extra help. So I was really excited for the the, um, invite to step up to the plate and take that role on. And it's been really interesting and I've learned a lot. But I feel that now we've gotten to a point where I'm working and acting like a full-time employee, which isn't really the arrangement that I... um, that, that is ideal for me. So what I propose going forward, um, what I would love to do with you guys is get back to our previous arrangement where, you know, it doesn't have to be a set schedule or it can be if that's what you want to. Um, I'm saying that to you, Michelle, not as in talking to the boss. Um, um, it doesn't have to be a set schedule, but but these are some of the tasks that I'm really interested in continuing to pursue. You know, technical design isn't 
um, something that I, I'd like to continue doing because it's just not my highest interest right now. And so I would like to wrap that project up and finish out this current season with you. Um, so that I make sure to leave you guys in a really good spot and I don't want to leave you hanging and give you enough time to find someone else to, to take over this workload. And if you're open for it, we can discuss in more detail how we could go about working together on the other projects. And if that doesn't work for you, that's also fine. You know, we can part our ways and no hard feelings. And if it ever works out again, we can come back together. And if not, that's okay too. But I just need to be really clear and open about, you know, where I'm planning to take my career. And I think I just got a little off track here and, and I was excited to help you guys in the meantime, but it's not what I want going forward long-term. So, and then I think, then you kind of wait for their response. And then you're just going to have to go back and forth. But but this way we really – and listen, I was able to like riff that off the top of my head quite strong because I have been working with words and strategy on how you say things and write things and present things for years. And I listen to quadrillion podcasts and I study this stuff a lot for, for my content and my business and the way I talk to, to people and the way I write emails and that sort of thing. So this is a very refined skill, but um, – but the, the high-level points here are you want to be really clear about where you were to begin with and where you got to where you are now and how it's not really working for you. You are the one, kind of the one that you want to take the blame. You want to be like, you know, it's just not really a good match for me. It's kind of like it's me, it's not you, sort of thing. You're breaking up with somebody. Um, and then graciously continue to thank them for the opportunity, right? So you want to like make them feel really good. Um, but that's just not working out. And here's some ways we could work together in the future if you're interested. Otherwise, um, I'm going to make sure to wrap this up so that I leave you in a really comfortable spot and I don't just like walk out and, and abandon you. Like you said, you're people pleaser. You don't want to screw them over and you're not going to, right? Cause the industry is small. <clears throat> people talk. So, so that's really the high level strategy of all that stuff I just said. Um, What's your gut reaction on that? Um, I think that was extremely helpful. Okay. Honestly. You Did I hear you typing words. in the background? Um, <laughs> I was taking notes. Not to put you on the spot, but, and I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I think you should. So, um, okay. So that was helpful. Go ahead. Let me, let me not interrupt you again. Let me know more. Um, no, I, I thought it was extremely helpful. I, you definitely it's almost like you read my mind. Yeah. Like how? <laughs> it was, um, you worded exactly what I was thinking in the best possible way. I yeah. just, it was things that I didn't know how to say it in a way that was professional, yeah. but also mm, communicating exactly what I want to communicate. Yeah. And again, this is a refined skill that I've really studied. So, um, it's not easy to express some of these things unless you know, and there's age to it. Like I'm 39, <laughs> you're 22. <laughs> so, you know, there's just, um, there's just some numbers here, but, um, and just practice over, over those numbers. Um, so what do you think about like having that type of conversation with the owner? Um, it 
it's I feel a little bit nervous. It's yeah. nerve wracking. Um, cause I have no idea how they're going to react at all. Um, but I think after our, our conversation, I feel a lot more comfortable with how I'm going to express, um, my thoughts to them. Um, but it is nervous. (laughs) It's definitely a conversation I've been pushing back for a long time. I know. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) The relief that you're going to feel afterwards is going to be like a hundred times better than pushing it off and pushing it off and pushing it off because those nerves are not going to go away. And like long term, it just, it like eats away at the inside of your soul a little bit and your stomach and your body, right? Feeling anxious like that all the time. It's not really good. Yeah. I saw, I heard a quote or read it somewhere. It was like, you have to be uncomfortable to be comfortable. This is one of those situations. Definitely. It totally is. It totally is. Um, okay. So I think that's what you have to do to get to where you want to be. And then, but here's the thing too, you need to be mentally, emotionally, and financially prepared that you could walk into that conversation and leave and ties are cut and you are not getting any more money from them and it's done. It's, it maybe won't end poorly. Well, it could end, it could still end poorly. If I don't know the owner's demeanor, you could present it in the best way possible saying exactly what I just said and you're going to be the bigger person and all the things. Um, and they could just still be mad because sometimes that's just how people are. So you can't be in control of that. But you're going to do the right thing. I know you are. Um, but you have to you have to walk into this knowing that you could leave and and that client and that money is completely gone. So you have to be prepared prepared for that. How do, what do you think about that? Um, I'm definitely prepared. I okay. have been thinking about this for a very long time. So okay. I made sure that I was prepared before. You've been hoarding your money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Good. That's very very smart because then you're in a position of power. Where it gets really tough is when you haven't been saving. I say hoarding a little harshly, but I don't know. I use that word maybe more loosely than some people do. Um You've been saving, but if you haven't, which a lot of people don't, then you're stuck in a position where you physically can't walk away, which actually makes you almost feel emotionally worse because you feel like your hands are tied and you don't have a choice. So you're in a good position. Um, so, okay, so today's June 24th. Like, what are you thinking might be the next steps? And it's a Thursday today because I'm going to follow up with you on this and like we might even do another interview in a month or two or three or however long because I think this is a really interesting story and I I would love to kind of continue to hear it. Um but what do you what's the plan? Um so like once I leave like we're going to hang out from this call in a little bit and what are you going to do? Like maybe tomorrow uh, or maybe Monday like or are you going to do this in a week or like I want you to have an action plan that you're going to commit to. Yeah. Um, so I will probably try to do this tomorrow or maybe next week because I may or may not be going into the office next week, uh, to look at some samples. Okay. Um, and I do like you, I believe in person is always a lot better. Yeah. Um, so sometime tomorrow or next week, um, I'll probably have this conversation and, um, I, my deadline is probably uh, I'll work for them until mid July. Another um, like three weeks or so. Yeah, I I don't want to. 
I don't want them to think that I'll work for them for another few months. Yeah, you need to give them a clear date. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, But after that, I... I, there's a lot of things that I want to do. That's the, that's the thing. I talk about that. Um, um, I'll probably update my portfolio with all of the work yeah. I did. Okay. Um, but I definitely want to get into doing CADs, line sheets, more like strictly those things because I find them to be a lot of fun. Okay. Um, and I do want to learn Clow 3D, like oh, really yeah. bad. I haven't had the chance to, um, so that's definitely on my list once I have more time. Um, and yeah, I'm probably gonna look into my list of brands I aspire to work, work with, um, and probably cold email them. Um, just keep doing that and figure out what I really enjoy doing. I think that's the biggest thing. I'm still trying to figure out what I truly, truly like to do enjoy spending my time doing so yeah I was on a interview earlier today I've I've packed way too many interviews into one day you're my last I'm like (laughs) oh my gosh it's been a lot and I had like four interviews yesterday um but but an interview just this morning that I was on um with a woman named Atara who I had hired to do our podcast logo and she's a freelancer and I interviewed her. She's not in fashion, but I interviewed her from the perspective of like, I was the client and she was the freelancer. And so we talked back and forth about like what my experience was as the client and why I was so happy with some of the things she did as like a more educational behind the scenes look into like a client freelancer relationship. But the point is she was in a similar situation as you and she, um, she just graduated college in 2019 and she, um, did a bunch of miscellaneous things and blah, blah, blah. And she actually like got so into such a spot where she was like, I'm kind of hating graphic design anymore. Kind of how you're like, I don't know. I'm like hating tech packs and technical design. Maybe it's just this job, but she was in the same spot and she took a couple months off and she's like, it sounds so cheesy. Cause I'm not really this kind of person, but she's like, I did some soul searching. She also ironically is in New York. Um, <laughs> and she's like, I just like wandered the streets of New York. And this was literally just last summer that she went through this. And she was like, I just had to figure out like what I loved. I just didn't want to be this like generalist graphic designer. Um, and she figured it out and she wound up doing, she's focusing on branding and, and stuff and, um, and anyways. And so we went the rest of the story, but it was, uh, she, for her, she said it was like, I don't know if I could quote that she said life-changing, but it was very substantial taking a little bit of time off, figuring things out, which it sounds like is exactly where you are. I mean, you're so young. You have probably pretty low like overhead and responsibilities. So take the opportunity to take a breather and like you said, figure out what feels really good for you and give yourself a minute. I mean, you've clearly been working really hard. And it's probably just felt like full-time overwhelm. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the soul searching is definitely something I need <laughs> after yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you're going to do wonderful things. Um, what else? I was going to say one other thing. And I lost my train of thought there for a second. Um, I don't know, but give yourself that space. You have plenty of time. You're so young. Um, 
Okay, so here's what I want to do then. I want you to follow up with me as to how the conversation goes and what comes of it. And I also want to know, like, how you feel once the conversation has been had. So I want you to send me an email. Um... And then keep in touch. And in a couple months or whenever the time is right, I'd love to like, you know, maybe six months out, we can kind of regroup and see where you're at and what you're doing and how much you've learned from this whole experience and um, see where your freelance career is kicking. And I'm, I'm so grateful too that you were like had the transparency to come to me and say like, oh gosh, I got myself in this situation. And it's totally okay. Like I think people are so worried about starting freelancing because what if I like you get myself in this situation or what if things don't go as planned and blah 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 and guess what that's just part of the process like you're gonna learn you're gonna mess up things are gonna it's a little bit of a roller coaster and it'll become less severe of a roller coaster over time as you learn and refine it but it's just part of the journey I mean it's kind of part of the journey of life yeah definitely you live and learn you live I always and learn. That. yeah so you've learned a lot from this experience Oh yeah. <laughs> like what do you Most like definitely. I mean, maybe we've already touched on all of them, but I'm such a nerd, so I'm like, what else have you learned that I haven't asked about specifically <laughs> in related in relation to this? Um, well, for me the biggest thing was I learned what I don't like. Yeah. Um, what I don't like to do. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important to me, but I learned a lot, like a whole lot about the industry having firsthand um experience like that yeah it's so valuable even though I did work a lot and I had I spent so much time focusing on this job um it's the experience that I gained there is so valuable and I know moving forward in the industry like this is gonna change my life this is gonna separate me from other people who probably haven't had like such intense um, firsthand experience. For sure. Um, so I'm very, very, very grateful for that. Yeah. Um, for that learning experience. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a really, really good takeaway. Um, I know what else I was going to ask you, although I'm sure I know the answer. W- while you've been working with them, um, and maybe earlier on when you were doing like the three-day-a-week arrangement and it was a little more balanced, have you had the opportunity to work with other clients at all? Or it's really pretty much just been them and then um, that other project that you had before you started with them, which you said was pretty small. Um, maybe like one or two clients where I just did a few CADs for them, but it got to a point where I couldn't really do take on any more clients. Yeah. Your, your workload was too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely wanted to um, take care of my sanity for a little bit. Yeah, as you should, as you should. Okay, I was just curious, like, you know, what else maybe was going on behind the scenes too. Um, I didn't anticipate there was much though because it sounds like this was quite intense on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, amazing. Okay, Michelle, you're going to follow up with me as soon as you have that conversation. I want to hear how it goes. Like, just on a personal level, I really want to know how it goes. Um, and then just keep in touch in general. Um, but as we wrap up, I would love to ask you the question that I ask everyone at the end of the interview, and that is, what is one thing people never ask you about being a fashion freelancer that you wish they would? 
Oh, <laughs> that's a really good question. Um, I guess I, I've noticed a lot of people in my life, they don't feel like freelancing is a real job. Mm. Um, so I, I wish they would ask me more about what it takes to be a freelancer and how much work I actually have to put in. Mm. Um, the difficulties behind it, definitely. Yeah. Like what, what do you mean when you say they like don't think freelancing is a real job? Um, I know from personal experience, uh, when I tell people I freelance, they don't think it has the same value as a full-time job with benefits, salary yeah. job. Yeah. Um, cause it is, it can be very unstable. You don't know when your next, where your next paycheck is coming from. But to me, I feel a lot of security freelancing because it's like, I'm in control of how much I earn. I'm in control of when I get my next paycheck. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I wish people would ask me more about that. Yeah. And I told, I'm with you. I completely agree. I also have the philosophy of like, well, your full-time job can be poof gone tomorrow too. And when you're a freelancer and you, you know, set yourself up with multiple clients, you're more, and you use like the right strategies, a lot of which I teach, some of which you can get in my free content, a lot of which is inside our freelance accelerator uh, program. But um, I feel like you said you're in more control. You're actually more diversified because you lose a client. You only still have like four others or like you know how to get more clients and you can go out tomorrow and get another client and get another paycheck um, added onto those other paychecks and there's no no income gap or uh, uh, ceiling, income ceiling is what I'm trying to say. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's a personality type too because I, I think you and I have very similar personalities. I like to be in control as well. But some people, a job works great, and that's great for them. You know, everybody has to like yeah. different things. So, but um, definitely based on your personality and all the things you said, freelance is for sure the right path. <laughs> but real freelancing, <laughs> not permalancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. And then where can people connect with you online? Because maybe they need CADs and line sheets or maybe even a tech back if you'd be willing to do it for them. <laughs> uh, well, I haven't, um, been keeping up with my website or okay. my social medias too much, but I do have a, an Instagram where I used to post all of my CADs and I do go on it once in a while. Yeah. Um, it's at my full name. So Michelle Arubla. Okay, great. We'll link to that in the show notes. And then would it also make sense to just put your email in there if you'd like to or no? Um, yeah, sure. Why not? I'm yeah. always open to emails. Okay. I, we'll put, <laughs> I have your Gmail address. So we'll put your Gmail address in there too, in case someone wants to reach out and maybe they're not on Instagram or, you know, I don't know if you don't check it that much. Um, that might be a better route to go. So exciting. We'll link to all that in the show notes. And it was really great to chat with you. And I'm excited for what's to come. And I'm proud of you for like getting to where you are. I mean, even though you got into this situation that you're like, this isn't working, you should still be really proud of yourself because you've made phenomenal strides. Um, and, and your story is inspiring. So I hope I know everyone else listening is going to love it. So thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you. I really appreciate that. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. And thank you to two people behind the scenes who do so much kick-ass work that you don't really ever get to see or hear. But Tara, my right-hand rock star, badass of everything in the business, who does so much to make the show happen, to coordinating the guests and getting the show notes together and getting it out to you guys. Um, and a million other things beyond the podcast, but that's one of them. And then my husband, Mark, who does all the editing. Thank you so much. Um, And thank you to you for listening, you guys. I really hope you love this episode. If you want to get access to the free resources, the same free resources that Michelle used to go from $100 a month to $3,000, you can do that for absolutely free. I have all those resources up for you at soheidi.com slash freelance. I've linked it in the show notes so you can get easy access. If you want beyond that, maybe you've already gone through those resources and you're like, Heidi, I just need more. I get it for some people. Having the next step, having it outlined step by step by step, all the details, all the resources, all the support, all the help. That is what our freelance accelerator from surviving to thriving program is all about. We call it FAST. And... You just might love it. So get yourself over to sohey.com slash freelance. That will get you onto the email list, which will let you know about our program. And when it opens, it only opens a couple times a year. We'll also send you tons of free content as well. Um, And yeah, give me a follow on Instagram. If you are hanging out there, I'm hanging out there too. And if you love the podcast, give us a shout out on Apple Podcasts. I'd love to hear what you like about it. And that's it. I hope you're having a great day and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.